0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon today is is based on several weeks of of passages from the gospel. Um, We have today a very familiar passage of the gospel, sort of omitted, um, that we're going to read next week. But we have the sandwiched um, feeding of the 5,000 today, the verses before and the verses right after. And so we're going to look at that, as well as, in a sense, the feeding of the five thousand, at least in its overview, um, but also in uh, the past two weeks' readings from um, Herod, as well as the sending out of the twelve. Um, that combined with continuing um, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians and the themes that are found in there. So we'll get started. It sounds like a lot, um, but but we'll get we'll get going. Um, this and uh first and foremost we begin with with the sending of the 12 we might remember a couple weeks ago where jesus calls the 12 and sends them out two by two and gives them authority over unclean spirits and indeed he sort of gives them authority over those aspects of the kingdom of god that we talked about the weeks before that where the kingdom of god was just this this sort of teachable thing of you know it starts out like a mustard seed but it's going to grow it's it's gonna be like the seeds scattered by the sower. It's gonna be like the seed that sort of grows up in the fields, um, night and day, and night and day, and night and day, and um, it's it's a powerful aspect of, of who God is, but then um, Jesus calms the storm, and then Jesus uh, drives out the um, demons from the demoniac at the Gerasenes, and then Jesus heals the woman who just touches the hem of his cloak. Um, and then Jesus raises the child, and so the kingdom of God is this powerful aspect that has authority over over nature and and demons and evil and sickness and death. Um, and so Jesus then says, "This message right needs needs to be shared. This message needs to go out. There's an urgency about this, and he and he commissions his disciples, his apostles, and he sends them out two by two um, with with Just sandals and not even two tunics. No bread, no bag, no money. Just go. Um, Depend on hospitality of those you go to. But but also there's an urgency that this message needs to get out. And and indeed, um, they cast out many demons. And indeed, there's great many healings. And there's there's an excitement you can imagine. In, in the apostles as they they're undertaking this mission as they they're vessels of of God's grace and, and God's kingdom in the world. I mean I remember um, the first time that that I was a, a part of a group where we we prayed for someone and and a healing um, took place it's 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 amazing it's shocking it's it's mind blowing that, this thing that you that you read about in scripture isn't just 2000 years ago it's it's today right god is still active in our world today and and so you can imagine um the the incredible intense joy that um they have and they come back they return to jesus and they and they told him all that they had done and taught, and she says, "Come away with me to a desolate place, right? Come away with me to a desolate place. Let's withdraw and 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 unpack um, this experience, right? Let's let's talk about it. Let's share what happened. You know how how is it going? You know all that you you, you can imagine." Um, the apostles just, just wanting, you know, can they even wait for their turn to say what happened with their two? Right, you got six pairs now coming back with Jesus, um, just wanting to share everything that had taken place. In the meantime, of course, um, as we heard last week, John, John's been beheaded by Herod, and so over, over this, this immense proclamation of the kingdom of god is is this not just grief but certainly grief over what happened with john the baptist but also a uh, so, sort of a hint to to not just the apostles but obviously for us reading this and, and for the early church reading this gospel that when you go out proclaiming the kingdom of God, whether you have authority over, over evil and sickness and death does not mean that you're not going to run up against um, the powers of the world. The powers of the world will still come back. Uh, People like Herod will still push back um, and, and seek to destroy. And so you're, so your life is literally at risk when you declare the glory of the kingdom of God and invite people into that into that kingdom moment, that kingdom movement that stands against um, the rulers of the world and the evils of the world and the institutions of the world, like Herod, who who's representative of that in this in this gospel passage. So this is at the forefront as well as as they as they draw to a desolate place. Um, but now as they're as they're going to this place on their way to this place in the boat, a great crowd sees them and chases them down. Um, so you know the boat's going probably pretty slow, um, or the people are going pretty fast. But in any case. Uh, you know they're 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 founded and as we know um this is the this is the crowd that that jesus will feed and and there's five thousand that end up being fed with just a few loaves and fish we'll hear about in more detail next week but it's but it's but it's vitally important um today uh for for a couple of, of reasons um one is that, is that this is it's completely connected when Jesus um sees them and has compassion on them. Um, that uh, of what it is that that we're invited into being, and what it is that Jesus is is um, demonstrating. He has compassion on that crowd. Um, he he meant to go off with his disciples and to, and to interact and to give them some some individual time, um, but now that these people who who don't even know. About the kingdom of God, and and so the the mission sort of changes, the mission shifts, um, and he his compassion for them, being like sheep without a shepherd, just comes out, and and though we don't have it in here, um, and we don't really have it next week because John's gospels, a little bit uh, the the, the the primary purpose of the feeding of the 5,000 is different in John's gospel than it is in Mark's gospel. But So, so in Mark's gospel, um, they say, um, why, don't you, why don't you send them away, <laughs> right? Send them away to the surrounding countryside and villages. This is a desolate place and now it's becoming late. Um, they don't even have anything to eat. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And and the correlation is directly related um, to not only the mission of the kingdom of God, which is which is spiritual and physical, but over and against Herod. Right? Herod had a great banquet. Herod had a big party for all his friends. Um, obviously, a... Obviously a sort of uh, a, a lavish affair with much drink being poured and where he makes boast boastful and grand announcements to his daughter that she'll give him or any, anything up to half his kingdom and, and ends up um, beheading John the Baptist. Herod throws great lavish parties. We are called to feed the multitudes. The sheep without a shepherd you give them something to eat over and against the kingdom of, of of Herod is the kingdom of God and so as I said next week we'll talk a little bit more about the, about the feeding of the 5000 but it's but it's important to see what Jesus is inviting the disciples to do that the apostles who trying to sort of get back on track of, we really want to be with you, um, to seeing, do you not see these people? These people, this crowd is here in need, right there hungry. Where are they going to go to get bread to eat, right? There's no towns. And even if they go to towns, there might be no bread. Um, you give them something to eat. And, and for the first time, in, in their ministry, while they went out and, and did things in Jesus' name for the first time, they're sort of doing this miracle with Jesus, right? They are the ones who are seating the people in 50s and 100s. They're the ones passing out the baskets. They're the ones collecting the baskets. Jesus is saying the prayer. But they're actively involved in this miracle. There's a reason that the feeding of the 5,000 is in all four Gospels, the only miracle apart from the resurrection that's in all four Gospels. The, the reason isn't just the, the, the power of, of Jesus as the bread of life, although we'll see about that next week. And it isn't about just that Jesus did this great thing. It's about you know when it took place in, in, in their ministry immediately following this time where they had been given authority over the, in, over spirits and, and sickness and had been a part of the kingdom of God and this first opportunity to be with Jesus, to, to par- take part in this miracle. But also of, of really seeing what the kingdom of God is meant to be, of, of feeding and nourishing, of compassion, of caring of putting yourself aside, your desire to to be alone with the Messiah, the Christ, in order to allow others that opportunity to draw near as well. And this, in many ways, is, is the key aspect of the kingdom of God and, and of and of being in Christ today, um, and it's something that that the, the church in this century and and beyond really needs to recapture, because we certainly are are in a place where where nations are expressing their own superiority and individuality, um, and certainly looking inward rather than outward. And the church, not surprisingly, begins to mimic that. Um, The church, uh, whether it's mainline denominations or independent denominations or um, non-denominational churches at all, um, seek to come up with their own covenant language, their own doctrine, their own dogma of who Jesus is, of, of what, what being in Christ represents and looks like, and more and more begin to isolate themselves, um, not just against the world, um, not just against unbelievers, but, but against other, other denominations, other churches, other parishes in, in their community. Um, we begin to look for, for things that, that separate us rather than unite us that divide us rather than draw us together. And this is what Paul's letter to the Ephesians today uh, talks about and encourages and and in some ways for us, not just warns, but we need to to readdress these things. Paul says in in the verses just previous to these, um, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing, it's the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so remember that at one time you gentiles were called the uncircumcision by the circumcised that is you were called outsiders by those who are inside gentiles by those who are Jews remember that at one time um You were separated from Christ, alienated from Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope. But now in Christ, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself was our peace, who has made us both one and broken down in his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in his ordinances. And here, Paul is likely... Um, talking about a, a wall in the temple, which is inscribed on it in the court of the Gentiles. If any Gentiles sort of go past this wall, you're taking your life in your own hands. Be warned that any Gentiles who pass this court into the next court, if you die, it's your own fault. right um, That wall in Jesus has been has been torn down. That curtain temple has been torn in two and we all come near to the blood and power of Jesus and we're reconciled. And now Jesus came to preach peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. We all have access to the spirit and the father. So we're no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens and saints, the members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ being the cornerstone. In him, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week. You are a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You are sort of the, the return of the exile is, is in you. Um, and it's in me. And it's in them. And it's in the Baptists and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Pentecostals and the Catholics. And... This is this is a reality um, that that we that we have to really focus on. I think, as as a church, um, not just denominationally, but but certainly um, racially as well, as as churches still are the most segregated places every Sunday morning. Um, as you have, by and large, majority race churches um, across this nation, and um, as as we go to to serve as missionaries in other cultures, we sort of impose again our our dogma on on that, rather than seeking to bring forth the Kingdom of God. What would it be like if we went? into the world we went into other places we went even into other churches really with just the sense of the spirit of god is ind- indwelled with us the spirit of god indwe- is in indwelled with you we are one united by christ who is the chief cornerstone what would it be if um we had compassion like jesus um for the world around us, seeing them as, as sheep without a shepherd, rather than sinners, right? Rather than pointing out all of the things that they do wrong, rather than finding things that divide us, look instead of ways to bring them into the grace and love of God, to let them know the power of God's love that's broken down the wall of hostility, um, that we might, we might have peace that we might have justice that we might have unity with one another what would it look like if this was the main focus of the church uh, but the cross of christ indeed was the bridge that binds us all together how do we live fully into that that glory Because I think when that happens, then that authority of that spirit that's within us, we begin to to live fully into that authority yet again. We have the authority to be the vessel of God's grace and love. We have the authority to cast out evil in the world. We have the authority to bring healing into the world. We have the authority to proclaim victory and unity and Christ's love in the world. When we... Put aside ourselves. We put aside our doctrine, our dogma, our laws, and instead focus on the love and glory of Jesus Christ, the power and being compassionate in a world that's sorely lacking compassion. We still live in a world where the parties of Herod are seen as what we're after, right? They're held up in our culture as you need to achieve this, this wealth, this power, this type of joy. Every reality TV show points to this. Instead, you give them something to eat. Instead, you see them as sheep without a shepherd. Instead, you pray for healing for them. Instead, you urgently proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. And can be transformative in your life and in your being. Instead, let us, let us live as spiritual vessels with the glory of God within us each and every day, working hard to unite not only the church, but the world for the glory of Jesus. Amen.